This is a Federal News Network podcast. Normal graduation day for the U.S. military's latest class of doctors and nurses is still about six weeks away. But because of the coronavirus crisis, the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences is conferring medical degrees early so those new clinicians can get to work right away. 150 MDs and 33 advanced practice nurses will graduate tomorrow. Another 26 nurse anesthesia students will follow them a month later. For how the accelerated graduation process will work, Federal News Network's Jared Serbu spoke with the dean of the Hebert School of Medicine at USU, Dr. Art Kellerman. The good news is that in general, at this point in the academic year, for most medical schools, including ours, students are finishing up final electives that are nice to have, but not essential to have to fully complete an individual for a medical to get their medical degree. And in the case of USU medical students, uh, our students are unique in American medical education in that they're not only learning to be doctors, but to be high-performing military medical officers and leaders. They are all active duty service members. And so as we saw the coming storm of COVID, and clearly there have been communities in the United States already where a week makes a profound difference in what's happening in the community, we thought it was important to lean forward with this class and to have them ready in the event that they need to engage to support the mission even a few weeks earlier than they would when they enter graduate education to be able to do that, which is why we have uh, moved up their official conferral of degrees by basically about six weeks uh, and in the process have them ready in the event that they need to be put into service sooner rather than later. And so what happens with these folks now? I assume they go directly into a residency program. Is that right? Not necessarily. They're, they would be scheduled to start around, uh, to go into orientation for residency around June 1. Uh, that is a whole nother set of mechanisms that take time. And uh, many of these people are going to residencies in hospitals outside the national capital region. So it's more likely that if they're called upon, uh, we will be uh, de- deploying them to support various clinical missions in the national capital region. Some of our students are already on location at the hospitals where they'll be doing their residency training um, in uh, early July. They could potentially be available to support the mission there. So I would see this, I think we all see this as an interim. There are tasks that our students are superbly qualified to do where they can make a difference. And this will create their ability to engage and support the mission if they're needed over the next six to eight weeks. Was part of the decision-making process here just that it's it's somewhat difficult to run any kind of university in the middle of a pandemic? Or, or was it really just the perceived need to respond to the demand signal that you're seeing out there? It's really, the, it's really to be prepared to respond to the demand signal. Um, we, you know, the, we, we train our students from day one in a manner that is very different than a lot of American medical schools. While our students are educated the same rigorous standard of science and clinical skills, they're also trained to be operational military officers, to work in austere or shifting environments, to make decisions based on the best available evidence, not every single fact in front of them. And so they're already adapt 
to an environment where they may have to do something very different than they thought they were doing that morning. That's part of the preparation of a military medical officer. So leaning forward is in their DNA, and it's consistent with the philosophy of the school. We have already pivoted the School of Medicine, in fact, the entire university, to maintain high-quality instruction the best we can while respecting CDC guidance on social distancing. we are not. We stopped doing large classes more than two weeks ago. Uh, we have really shifted far faster than we ever have in the history of the medical school and are sustaining the education of our students uh, at a very high level. But we do have to make some compromises. But getting these students out the door, we, 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 we were grateful that they were at a point in their fourth year where we could appropriately, in compliance with our accrediting body, confer their degree with all of the full status of an MD. We will have to adapt going forward to ensure that next year's class and the class behind that can, uh, Lord willing, also graduate on time. And if there's any way to do it, we'll find it at America's Medical School. Yeah, yeah I was just going to ask that next question. Are you beginning to think through how, how, you, how you start to educate that next class, ad- adopting more distance learning methodologies where you can, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, we, we, we're, we're well into that at this point. Um, for example, one of our classes was entering a, a very uh, challenging module on neuroscience. That shifted to virtually uh, what we call a flipped classroom instruction last year. That was simple. They just slid right into that approach. Other courses and electives and things, we've moved to online much faster. Fortunately, we've got some of the best educators in the country that are helping the rest of the faculty acquire skills that they didn't think they would need to, uh, to, to adapt for months or years and they did it in a matter of days. But there are other parts of medical education that are frankly going to be challenging for us or anybody. How do you do, uh, how do, you do a clinical clerkship uh, in medicine or pediatrics or surgery when the entire hospital is focused for the moment on COVID? The answer is you really can't. And so at the moment, virtually every medical student in America is not in a teaching hospital doing what they would normally do in surgery or medicine or OBGYN. We hope to be one of the first schools back in the ability to do that as we work through this pandemic. That hadn't happened yet. How do you train students in procedural skills that would typically require students working together in very close proximity to each other? That can't be done either under the current guidance. So we have to find other ways to impart or educate them in those skills. So we're, we're, to some degree, we're inventing this as it goes along. We're also freely sharing our knowledge and skills with our other medical schools, uh, and we'll get through this together. Yeah, I think just about everybody's kind of making things up as we go here and learning. Uh, you were mentioning earlier that, that a USU medical student is, is kind of trained to be more adaptable than maybe your average physician would be. But is there anything about the curriculum itself in, in military medicine that makes these new doctors and nurses particularly well-suited to respond to a a pandemic like this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our students, like I said, they take the same courses, the same material. They have to pass the same tests that every civilian med school uh, gives. But they also get about 700 hours of additional instruction in tropical medicine, operational medicine, tactical combat casualty care, portable ultrasound, telehealth, 
other skills that are vital on the battlefield and vital when you're practicing in remote or austere settings or when you are uh, put in a situation where you don't have all the facts or all the information. We teach them leadership skills and problem-solving skills that because we know there will be situations where they may be the only clinician on a ship or they may be out in a very remote uh, support of an air base and they have to be able to do a lot more than a typical American doctor would do. So when you have people with that psychological makeup who have gone through field exercises you know, for multiple days in a row at a National Guard base or have done prolonged field care with some of the top special operations docs in the world and tell them, we're going to need you to get ready in the next four days to potentially start assessing COVID patients or suspected COVID patients coming into Walter Reed, they'll do it. They'll rise to the occasion. They've done it before. They know how. They can be very high contributing members of the team. And to speak exactly to that point, um, today, literally, we are rolling out a new curriculum that will allow our, starting with our fourth-year students, our about-to-graduate MDs, to really tune them up on use of personal protective equipment, the biology of the disease, how to talk to patients and family members who are under stress or, or dealing with high levels of fear, and other techniques that will help them to be more effective team members in the event that they have to roll out and support Walter Reed, Fort Belvoir, Andrews Air Force Base, or other assets in the National Capital Region. Uh, And the next thing we'll do is we'll share that curriculum with the American Association of Medical Colleges because elements of it may be very useful to other schools in the United States as well. That's part of our mission. Dr. Art Kellerman, Dean of the Hebert School of Medicine at the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.